You're listening to The Pipeline Show with Guy Flaming. Giant turkey is a little over the line, my man. Welcome back to The Pipeline Show, an NCAA campus report segment brought to you, of course, by College Hockey, Inc. If you are a player or you have a player in your family that uh, needs to uh, know what they need to do to maintain their NCAA eligibility, uh, go to collegehockeyinc.com. Maybe even reach out and contact uh, somebody like Nate Ewell and get some information, or Mike Snee, who's the uh, director. Uh, but a uh, great resource at collegehockeyinc.com. And my guest today is a uh, fan favorite here on the Pipeline Show. It's uh, Brad Schloshman of the Grand Forks Herald. Welcome back to the program, Brad. How are you? Uh, good to talk to you, Guy. Yeah, it's been a while, actually. I, yeah. I don't think I've had you on maybe since the start of the season. That's uh, long overdue. Yeah, it's been a while. All right. Well, it's uh, crunch time as the uh, NCHC tournament it gets going here this weekend. Uh, you're on your way. Planes, trains, automobiles, trying to get to watch uh, North Dakota practice with some road closures in in the state of Colorado right now. Uh, preview this matchup though between North Dakota and Denver because this is one of the uh, all time great rivalries. Yeah, you know the the winner of this uh, goes to the NCHC Frozen Faceoff in St. Paul next weekend. Uh, the league has been around. This is the sixth year of the NCHC. Both North Dakota and Denver are five for five on making it to the NCHC Frozen Faceoff. So only one will be able to advance this weekend. Uh, should be a really good matchup. Their their games this season have been close. The last three times they've played, two of the three have gone to overtime, and the scores have been 2-1, to 2-1, to one, two to one, and 1-1. One to one. <laughs> So it has been uh, very close, uh, very low scoring, uh, a couple overtimes, and, uh, you know, two uh, what appears to be pretty evenly matched teams yeah points uh, separated by two points in the standings with denver having yeah. uh the the uh, higher seed uh goals for pretty much the same goals against pretty much the same so you're right yeah. uh statistically speaking not a lot to choose from uh this time of year there's always injuries uh, and guys playing through some injuries uh, what's the situation for north dakota and denver this weekend yeah, for, for North Dakota, they'll definitely be without uh, forward Joel Janitwainen and uh, goaltender Adam Scheel, who has had a really terrific freshman year. I would look for him to get drafted this year. He was uh, bypassed last year in the draft, but uh, he was excellent this year, and uh, I'm sure uh, enough scouts got to see him before he went down with an injury that someone's going to pick him this year. So keep an eye on him in, in the draft. Uh, UND is Going to have uh, Grant Mismash back in the lineup. He uh, suffered what UND feared was a season-ending injury in late January. Uh, he slowly worked his way back, and he actually uh, played last Friday in college hockey. You, this is the first year where you, or is it second year? I'm you know I'm getting old and losing track now, <laughs> but um, you you could play a, a 19th skater, and so. What that allowed them to do was uh, dress someone like Grant Mismash, play him super limited minutes, might have only played like five minutes, hmm. um, and get him some action. He did not play Saturday, but this weekend he's expected to in- have a little bit of an increased role. So they're bringing him back slowly. Grant said he's not 100% yet, but he said he's good enough to give it a go. So I would expect his minutes to be limited. Probably uh, you'll see him on the power play where he's got a, a big shot and uh, has his uh, elite skill can show through and he can uh, help out a UND power play unit that's really struggled this year. So he's back. Colton Pullman did not play the last time UND and Denver played. Uh, you know, and he's going to be back in the lineup this weekend too. So 
Uh, UND's got those guys in. Denver, Brett Stapley hasn't played for a while. Uh, I, you know, from what I understand, uh, I, I don't think he'll play this weekend, but, uh, there hasn't been a lot of information on that front. So I can't say that definitively, but, uh, Stapley, uh, hasn't played, uh, for about a month here for, for Denver. So he's, uh, there's some key players out for both teams, but, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see how it goes. Nick Jones uh, missed about a third of the season this yeah. year, still finished yeah. uh, in second place in scoring on the team. Now, Jordan Kawaguchi, uh, was that a bit of a surprise to see him leading the pack this year? Uh, I think it was a tiny bit of a surprise because I probably would have, but, you know, I probably would have picked him to finish, you know, third, fourth in scoring. So it's not like a huge shock, but, you know, I thought Jones and Miss Mash probably would have finished one, two. And as it turns out, like you said, they both missed about a third of the year. So, uh, there goes some point production numbers, but Jordan Kawaguchi's quietly had a very, very good year and, uh, on a team that doesn't score a lot. And that makes his uh, point totals a little more impressive. Should I ask you about a couple of, uh, Western Canadian guys and Jacob Bernard Docker and, uh, Johnny Taconica, both Ottawa Senators draft picks, both freshmen this year. Uh, statistically speaking, uh, night and day though, uh, Bernard Docker has played every game, 17 or 16 points along the way. Uh, Taconic's only got into 26 games and just four points. A uh, bit different contribution from those guys this year. Yeah, you know, uh, I think uh, Jacob stepped in a little bit more ready uh, right away than Johnny. Uh, he stepped into a much bigger role where Johnny was kind of being eased in. And, and the really unfortunate part for Johnny is that about mid-November, you could finally start to see things clicking. Uh, you could see the game moving a little slower for him. He was making plays. You're saying, okay, now I see why he was picked in the second round. And right when things started clicking, he went down and he was out for, uh, over a month with an injury. It must have been, you know, almost even two months. Mm. And so then all of a sudden he had to, you know, jump back in and build back to where he was at. And uh, I think he's getting there right now. We were starting to see a little more flashes out of him, uh, offensively and some of those skills that, uh, got teams excited in the draft. Uh, Jacob's a little different. He, he maybe isn't, uh, as flashy, but, uh, you know, he's got that ability to change the angle of his shots from the point and get it through. He scored several goals that way this, uh, this season. Uh, a couple overtime, uh, big, uh, shots in overtime from him. And, uh, you know, he's, you know, defensively, he's a pretty good player too. He's, He's got some, but both guys have uh, some growing to do before they jump to the next level. But uh, UND's got to be excited about where they're both at right now. On the other side of the ice will be the Denver Pioneers. Uh, they had some injuries along the way too, including their starting netminder Philip Larson missed the first half of the year. Uh, how's he been in the second half? Uh, he's been excellent. Uh, they have a, a good problem in net. Uh, I don't know who they're going to start. Devin Cooley was really good when Larson was out. They've kind of been trading starts here and there, and it seems uh, every weekend you go into it and you're not exactly sure uh, what the Pioneers are going to do. So they have a good problem of having two goalies there. But, uh, you know, we've seen Larson several times, and uh, he was excellent. I, I think he played all three games, the 2-1, the 2-1, 1-1 games, where he had three goals in three games. So, yeah, they've, they've had a tough time uh, scoring on Larson. And uh, because of that, I would expect him to start uh, Friday night, but who knows. When it comes to the attack for the Pios, uh, who are the main guys that uh, fans should be watching out for, for sure? Well, I think Emilio Patterson is is one of them. Cole Gutman's another one. Uh, both those freshmen have stepped in and probably done a bit more than, you know, you probably thought they were going to do. 
both of them are drafted players. You knew they were skilled guys, but you know, when you're a, a young freshman in college hockey, it can be a tough transition. And uh, Patterson's a, a very creative, skilled player. Uh, Gutman scored some big goals for them. Uh, you know, their senior Jared Lucas Savages uh, leads them in goals, and you know he's a, a proven guy. You know, has a hat trick and a national title game in, in his, his back pocket. So uh, he's a guy who can score goals. And then Liam Finley's kind of been the, the big surprise for them. He's really jumped to the forefront here this year and, and had a nice season. And, of course, on the back end, uh, Ian Mitchell's a very offensive defenseman, and uh, I'm sure Chicago's uh, looking forward to what they have there with uh, Mitchell. Not a not a big step, actually not a step forward uh, offensively with his numbers this year for Ian Mitchell. 21 yeah. points so far. He's, now he's... Last year he played nine more games than he has to this point, so there could still be some yeah. some production there. But has he taken a step back or just kind of – is it the, the team a little bit different? Yeah, I mean, last year he was on the power play with Troy Terry, Dylan Gambrell, and uh, Henrik Borgstrom. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, and that unit scored a lot of goals, and they were on the ice a lot. So uh, I think his production was always going to take a step back, even if his game is moving forward, just because – those guys were such prolific scorers that, uh, you know, he was going to rack up a lot more points with uh, being on the ice with those guys. Uh, speaking with uh, Brad Elliott Schlossman from the Grand Forks Herald, uh, the NCHC tournament gets going this weekend. The other games, uh, of course, number one is uh, St. Cloud State. They were the top team uh, for a lot of the season in the entire NCAA, let alone the conference there. They're going up against Miami. Do you give the uh, Red Hawks uh, any chance in this game, in this series? Uh, not really. Uh, St. Cloud State hasn't lost a game at home all year, so to lose two in the same weekend seems improbable. Um, you know, I guess if the Red Hawks are looking for any sort of hope, uh, they've been a team that's been tricky for St. Cloud State over the years. Uh, they, they had one weekend this year where they tied them twice. And maybe that doesn't seem like much, but to consider in uh, 28 league games, there were only five that St. Cloud didn't win. Mm. And two of them were to Miami. So, uh, you know, and then you go back to the first year of the NCHC. St. Cloud was the one. Miami was the eight. Uh, Miami came into St. Cloud and, and stunned them in the first round. So, uh, you know, maybe there's some hope there. I just don't see a team that's, you know, hasn't lost at home all year, losing uh, twice on the same weekend. What makes the Huskies so good? Well, they're, they're very skilled, uh, you know, especially up front. I think the other thing is, is they're really deep. I remember they came to Grand Forks in, in, uh, late January and you look at the line chart and, you know, they don't have, you know, maybe if, if you call their go-to guys, it's probably Ryan Paling. Patrick Newell's had a great senior year, but when you look at their line charts, you're like, I don't really know what the first line is, what the second, third, like the difference between the first and fourth lines is not a whole lot. Right. So I, they're just tough to defend because they're so deep and, and so many different guys uh, can score, and that's reflected by their, their statistics. It's funny because when I think of St. Cloud, I'm thinking immediately of Ryan Paling as well, but he's fifth in team scoring. It's not like he's head and shoulders yeah. the best player on the team. Yeah, he, he's been really good against North Dakota, but like I've watched some of their other games, and Newell's been good. Uh, you know, even, look, one of their best scorers uh, on the team has been Kevin Fitzgerald, and he missed, you know, six weeks. Hmm. So they're just getting another scorer back there, and their team's even deeper. So uh, I think they just, it, it's so tough because if you shut down Paling, there's still, you know, 
uh, six other guys that can beat you. Yeah, yeah, veteran team too. Patrick Newell and Robbie Jackson. Yes. Uh, Jimmy Schultz, all seniors leading the way yep. for St. Cloud. All right, let's go to the matchup between Western Michigan and uh, Colorado College. The uh, the Western Michigan Broncos, for me, just watching from afar, seem to be kind of hot and cold. They go on streaks, and then they go on losing <laughs> streaks as well. And, you know, obviously Wade Allison was a key guy for them, and he missed the first half of the season as well. What do you expect from the Broncos? Yeah, you're right on. They're super streaky, uh, even from night to night. You know, it, it's tough to know what – What's, uh, which Broncos team is going to show up, but they're super deep up front too. Uh, they can really, uh, ha- have a number of guys that can score. And, uh, you know, their big key is being goaltending and defense. The, during the middle of the season, Trevor Gorsuch had an incredible run where he went like two or three months with a 934 save percentage. And then he just went through a stretch of seven games where he got pulled four times, had a 6.02 goal, uh, goals against average and an 8.15 save percentage. Uh, Andy Murray trotted him back out last week and for his, uh, two more starts and he performed very well at Miami. So, uh, you know, Gorsuch is obviously the guy they're sticking with. Uh, if the D can play in front of them and, and they can get some solid goaltending, they're going to win and they're going to be scary to play against because they're so good up front. But their Achilles has been, uh, they may score four goals on you, but they may not win with those four. I, I have to ask you about Wade Allison, not just because I'm a Flyers fan, but because the, uh, you know, go back to the preseason, there was talk about this could be a Hobie Baker candidate. And then, of course, he wasn't available yeah. for the first couple of months. From what you've seen from him, does he look like he's on track, like getting back to the Wade Allison that we expected? Yeah, I think so, especially, uh, I mean, last weekend, he, he has a hat-trick uh, at Miami. Uh, you probably saw at least one of the goals going around on uh, Twitter and YouTube and everything. He, the high, he had a highlight reel one. And, uh, you know, I, I thought when I saw him in mid-February, the first game he was held without a point, but he, you know, UND clearly was, uh, you know, marking him. They, they wanted to know where he was at all times. He, his shot is, uh, he's one of those guys that can beat a goalie from above the dots with the shot. He's skilled. I think he's, has a strong stick. Uh, he can be strong on the puck and, um, you know, I'm guessing uh, he's getting some of his timing and everything back here too now. And it'll be interesting to see, uh, how he does against CC. All right, and the last series it's chat about is a defending national champion Minnesota Duluth going up against Nebraska Omaha. They struggled just as much as Miami uh, has, at least inside the conference this year. Uh, I guess similar question. Then do you give uh, the uh, the the group from Omaha any chance against the defending champs from Duluth? Oh, Omaha's a long shot too, and, and especially because that team has really struggled on the road this year. I think great team. So now they have to go do that twice uh, in Duluth against the defending national champions, and that's a really difficult task. So uh, that's going to be a challenge. They are a team that you know can be opportunistic. Uh, they have some guys who can score. Uh, good senior year, and that's that was one of their big question marks coming in. Uh, their decor has some question marks, uh, but you know that that's a, a really deep Duluth team that's very tough to score on and. That's going to be a big challenge for Omaha to go up to Duluth and, and win that game, or win that series, I should say. I saw the conference all-star list come out. Uh, Noah Cates, uh, the, the top freshman this year in the conference? Uh, you know what? That is a great question. Um, 
I was going through some of that last week and both player of the year and rookie of the year is so tough to, to judge. I mean, there were guys who didn't make the first team, uh, all rookie team who I would have considered to be candidates for rookie of the year. So hmm. I think it really depends on who you ask, but he's definitely one of them. He's, he's had a, a very good, uh, freshman season. Do you give the Bulldogs a shot at repeating again? Could they, I mean, they're defending champs. Could they make it a three-peat? Are they that good? Well, I mean, the, the Bulldogs uh, won last year, but the, they won it, what was 2011 the last time they won it. So, That's right. Uh, it would be three in the span. You were at that one. Yeah, right. 2011, yeah. In St. Paul. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, they could. They're They're very deep on the back end. And I think that's where it starts. And in that, they're uh, solid and proven uh, up front. If you look at their numbers, they aren't super dominant offensively. But if you look at their team last year, they weren't either. They just got leads. And if they get leads, look out. I, I think uh, in their last, you know, you probably could say like 23, 24 games, when they've scored the first goal of the game, I think they've only lost once. Wow. So if they can get an early goal, like, look out, because they can really shut you down. Well, excellent. Uh, Brad, as always, a terrific uh, setup for this weekend in the NCHC. Uh, we watching from afar for sure. Uh, safe travels to uh, get to practice today. All right. Thanks, Lockie. Good to chat with you. That's Brad Elliott Schlossman from the Grand Forks Herald with a uh, terrific setup for this weekend's conference playoffs in the NCHC. We go from the beat reporter covering the University of North Dakota to a player who's draft eligible this year, he'll be headed to the University of North Dakota to be a player with the Fighting Hawks next year. My guest in the first of three 2019 draft spotlight segments coming up is Harrison Blaisdell of the Chilliwack Chiefs in the BCHL. Hear from him next here on the Pipeline Show. Hey, it's Tyson Jones from the Pentecton Bees. Jones racing back at center by himself. Shooting scores! Tyson Jones does it himself, end to end with 2.11 to go. And you're listening to the Pipeline Show. Nothing compares to the smile on a child's face after their wish has been granted. The Rainbow Society of Alberta is dedicated to granting wishes throughout the province to children who have been diagnosed with a life-threatening or severe chronic medical illness. And you can help too. View the wishes, refer a child, and donate at rainbowsociety.ab.ca or get involved as a volunteer. Having a wish come true fills a child's heart with hope and happiness. Visit rainbowsociety.ab.ca today. 